the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Wednesday, January the 27th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today on January 27th, 1756, great composer Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. He was born in Salzburg, Austria. Today in 1880, Thomas Edison received a patent for his electric incandescent lamp. Others would improve on his um, on his patent, on his invention, but Thomas Edison invented the lamp. Today in 1945, during World War II, Soviet troops liberated the Nazi concentration camps in Auschwitz and Birkenau in Poland. Today in 1973, the Vietnam Peace Accords were signed in Paris. Today in 1981, President Ronald Reagan and his wife Nancy, they greeted 52 former American hostages released by Iran at the White House. Today in 1998, First Lady Hillary Rodham Clinton, she was on NBC's Today Show. She charged, forcefully so, she charged that the sexual misconduct allegations against her husband, President Bill Clinton, were the work of a, quote, vast right-wing conspiracy. You remember that. Man, within hours, it seemed, certainly within days, there were T-shirts and coffee mugs and stuff all over the place saying vast right-wing conspiracy. And then there was a whole movement that started out of that that said, I am part of the vast right-wing conspiracy. I don't think that was exactly what she was trying to accomplish with her comments on NBC's Today Show, but... The right-wing conspiracy folks, the conservatives, picked up on it, and they ran with that. They thought it was a pretty good description of what they were trying to do. And they were labeled by someone who just didn't want them to be talking. Today, in 2006, Western Union delivered its last telegram, the end of an era. Today, in 2010, just four years later to the day, Apple CEO Steve Jobs unveiled the iPad tablet computer. He made the presentation in San Francisco. Kind of the passing from the telegram to the iPad. The clock keeps ticking. Time moves along. Republican Senator Rand Paul told the country, probably the world yesterday, he made a powerful speech. He said Republican leadership will destroy the party if they go along with the impeachment that the Democrats are marching forward in their military mindset. Senators were sworn in as jurors to President Trump's impeachment trial on Tuesday. The Senate voted 55 to 45 to end debate on Senator Rand Paul's point of order, arguing that the impeachment trial is unconstitutional now that Trump is out of office. Rand Paul made the case. 
he said briefly, he gave a, a fairly long speech. I watched it. I watched it. I read the text of it, and then I watched it on video. And it's a powerful speech. It's one that will go down in history, even if you disagree with it. It was a powerful speech, well-crafted, kind of along the lines, really, Patrick Henry and some of those guys. But uh, Paul made the case, including himself, that he and his wife had been harassed after they attended an event at the White House. Uh, He made the case that now that Trump is out of office, He's a private citizen. And he asked the Senate, how can you impeach or even think that you can impeach someone, a private citizen, um, who has probably not done anything impeachable, but even if they had, how can you do this? How does this work? And, of course, nobody had an answer to that. And he was very direct in laying out the agenda and laying it bare with the with the light turned on of what the Democrats have been up to lately, including trying to destroy Donald Trump. He said, it's time to stop. Powerful speech. The vote was intended to identify on the record exactly where the Senate is coming from. Five GOP senators voted not to dismiss the impeachment trial of President Trump which means they want to go forward with it because they think that it's constitutional to impeach him even though he's no longer president of the United States. So they voted with the 50 Democrat senators. So this was a vote to identify where this whole issue is. And just to cut to the chase, the bottom line of it, it, I'd like to talk about it because there's so much there in this speech, but just to cut to the bottom line, he um, he said, well, this tells us where the whole issue is regarding the Senate. And so they voted to just simply dismiss. Well, that's what the vote will probably be. The trial is scheduled for Tuesday, February 9th. Many are saying, and I would agree, it's dead on arrival. Because these 55 senators... 55 to 45, they voted to end the debate saying, we don't need to talk about this anymore. My mind's made up. You can't impeach a former president. They don't even have to address the issues on which they're trying to impeach him yet again. Susan Collins of Maine, Lisa Burkowski of Alaska, Ben Sass of Nebraska, Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania, and of course, of course, the Honorable Mitt Romney from Utah. They all voted with the Democrats. There were 10 Republicans in the House of Representatives, as you'll recall. There were five in the in the Senate. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has been really all over the place on this, personally. He's been the Mitch McConnell that I've observed over the last number of years. He's indicated that he has an open mind on whether Trump should be convicted He voted against ending the debate, but open mind means to Mitch McConnell, in my view at least, that he's kind of with whichever way the wind is blowing, a true old-style politician. He probably has convictions, but you must guard those because you may have to change direction very quickly to keep your career going. That's my 
personal view of people like Mitch McConnell and others. That's not personal. It's personal to me, but it's not personally directed at them. It's just an observation. The people that we that we elect and send to Washington, D.C. to represent us, it's a, there's a metamorphosis that, that happens in, in almost seconds, maybe minutes, after they hit town in Washington, D.C. All of a sudden, they think they're representing them, themselves and their career, and they forget about us. Who is us? Now? Oh, yeah, those people, but, well, well, we'll bond with them just before the next election. I don't want to sound cynical, because I'm not, but, I mean, I've observed this so long, and it's so consistent. Where are the politicians who remember when they get to town, and it could be in Olympia or wherever, when they get to town, empowered by the people who elected them, also paid by the people who elected them, they soon forget. And it's all about them and their career. And they make their strategic moves politically. It's discouraging, but that's the nature of the beast. And I will tell you, I've been in a lot of countries in Christian mission work. There's nowhere on this globe that's better than America with all of our warts and faults. This is the greatest nation in the history of the world, without doubt, in my mind, and I hope in your mind as well. But there is a lot going on in our world today, and it's easy to get lost. There's so much information out there. There are so many people peddling so many stories. I, I spend a lot of time every day in preparation for this program, and yet I find myself, sometimes I'll, I'll pause and I'll think, is, is this true? Could this be true? And, you know, you, you dig deeper. There's a lot of confusion out there. I suppose that's why the psalmist wrote in Psalm 119, verse 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Proverbs chapter 6 says, When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. And then the psalmist in Psalm 119 wrote again, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. So what that means is exactly what it says. The word of God will shine the light. You'll see the stumbling stones. If you stay close to the word of God, it'll be a light unto your path. And wherever you go, it'll lead you. When you're sleeping, it'll keep you. When you're awake, It'll talk with you. The Word of God will speak to your heart. I hear people saying, I just need to hear from God. Well, read the Bible. God speaks to people. And I, I know God speaks personally to people's hearts. He certainly has spoken to mine. He's given me direction in my life, I feel, and will. <laughs> he must, because he knows that Gary Randall needs his direction. Otherwise, I would be a lost soul out here on the edge somewhere, I'm, I'm sure. But... God is faithful to us, and God directs us, but his word is not going to change in an ever-changing world. His commandments is the light, the lamp. His law, his principles, his teaching is the light. 
So hide his word in your heart, and you'll be okay. We're going to get through all this confusion someday, but it won't be a political conclusion or a political solution that leads us to that point. It'll be the return of Jesus Christ, as the Bible says he will come again. And that's when it'll all make sense. In the meantime, we'll keep looking at the events of the day, and we'll look at them to the best of our ability from the Word of God, from His truth, not our truth. Our truth has got to be a derivative of God's truth, or otherwise we'll end up being very, very confused people. And there are a whole lot of them running around today, and some of them some of them are in power. The Biden administration has been swift to bring its immigration and border security pledges to fruition at the White House. There's a whole army of religious left people, Jim Wallace and all those guys. They're out there with their trumpets, and they're sounding the celebration of Biden and his globalism and his view on di- dismantling all of our protections at our borders. This uh, Jen Psaki, who is his uh, press secretary, she said last week in a briefing, she said immigration, we consider, is part of racial equity. Now, they've changed the word from equality to equity, and there's a whole lot of difference between those two words, believe me. It's like changing religious freedom, Barack Obama and his sidekick Joe Biden did that, and others, Hillary Clinton, Secretary of State, they started talking about freedom of worship rather than freedom of religion or religious expression. And again, there's a whole lot of difference in that. I could talk, I don't, I mean, I'm not an authority, but I could talk about that for an hour. And there, that's not just a different word. It's a different concept that they're putting across. They don't want you to think that you have a right to your religious expression and freedom. They want you to feel like maybe you have a right to your religious uh, worship. And that refers to them, among many other things, that means to them and the people on the left, it means that you can go to your building, your church, and you can close the door, and you can pretty much talk about whatever you want to in there. You can sing your songs, but when you walk out that door and hit the public sidewalk outside, you better shape up, because all of that stuff that you guys talk about in there, your worship, you're free to do, but don't you even think for a moment that you should or can bring that into the culture, into the marketplace. That's what that's about, and this idea of racial equity as opposed to Racial equality has the same connotations in the sense of it's very, very different. Anyway, I digress. Anyway, she said that President Biden will be addressing four crises in his presidency, crises, including getting the pandemic under control, getting people back to work, the climate, and racial equity. And immigration is under the banner of racial equity. So it's not about what's good for the country, but it's about what he morally thinks he should do and the religious left should do. And that's important that we understand that. On day one, his administration signed executive orders, issued memos to temporarily suspend deportations of illegal aliens, reversed former President Donald Trump's ban on travel from terror-prone countries, halted border wall construction. That ended last night formally, stopped adding people to the Remain in Mexico program, which 
they we as the U.S. had incented Mexico to help retain those people from Central America from trying to bust through our border, and it preserved and fortified the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals (DACA) program. And Biden has released a sweeping immigration package to Congress that includes amnesty for millions and millions and millions of illegal immigrants. All of this took place as 7,000, some say 9 and 10,000, Hondurans clashed with the Guatemalan army in a border province, province trying to move to America. And when they were interviewed, though many of the younger, young adults were saying, yeah, Joe Biden has promised us we can get into America. We're on our way by the thousands. Biden has also promised $4 billion and a four-year interagency plan to address the, quote, underlying causes of migration in the area, including by increasing assistance to El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras. That means a bribe to the elected official. I mean, nobody will say that, but that's what that means. It's not really going to probably help the people there, or at least much of it won't. It'll go to a few at the top who are very, very wealthy. I've spent a great deal of time with those people over my lifetime. I was there in Christian missionary work, but I have a kind of a firsthand view of how it all works down there. And it works that way in most countries. That's why America stands alone. We are exceptional. We are blessed by God. And yet some of the actions that I see us taking are undermining the very thing that God has blessed so much. And yet we still are, in my opinion, the greatest, most exceptional, most blessed, most prosperous nation in the world. But we definitely stand at a crossroads. We stand at a threshold. And over the next few months and years, if if this plan that is now being laid out at warp speed, if that is actually put into practice, it will bring great damage to our country and to the America that we know. And that's why we talk about this, because I believe that God is a God who created nations. The Old Testament is very specific about that. I've written about it. I've talked about it on this program. Certainly we will again. But God is a God of sovereign borders and nationhood. There's a time coming when we will be a globalist community. But that will be not not in this life, not brought about by political leaders seeking their own, um, their own fulfillment. But it will be brought about, first of all, there will be a globalist, uh, globalist kind of a society during the reign of the Antichrist, which comes after the coming of the Lord. And the Bible talks so much about this. But when Jesus Christ himself comes to rule and reign for a thousand years, that will be pure globalism in the sense that we will have a righteous God himself ruling and reigning. Other than that, globalism cannot be achieved. Every time that globalism starts to surface, you see a few people starting to become the leader, the elite. And it's all about pride and power. It's not about globalism as helping the individual. It didn't work in Babel, and it's not going to work now. And yet these people are pushing for globalism. That is what is on their minds, including President Joe Biden. 
The New York Times recently reported that as many as 7,000, as they said, migrants from Central America, they're on their way to the United States, are motivated by the position of newly elected President Biden regarding border security. He is warm towards globalism. The people he surrounded himself with are evangelists of globalism. He signaled to the Central America not to come yet. It's too early. But they begin their journey anyway. They have faith in this administration that they will indeed dismantle the borders. Yesterday, this representative, Henry, I think it's pronounced Seller. I, I think that's how I've heard his name pronounced. He's not in the news a lot, but he, he's a, a Democrat in Texas. And his district is on the border. And he said in a statement that construction on the U.S.-Mexico border wall will stop by the end of Tuesday, last night. His district, as I said, is on that border. He said this is a promising step. But ironically, America doesn't see it as that. Rasmussen put out a poll yesterday, uh, the, the results of a survey they had done yesterday, that finds 60% of likely voters want Biden to stop the caravan. They don't want open borders. 60% of all people who vote from all parties. The New York Times says the caravan has been halted for the moment, but they're hopeful. They're quoting the director general of the Guatemalan Migration Institute, The New York Times says, fortunately, our security forces, quoting him, managed to contain this pitched battle. We managed to calm everything in a very complicated situation. We're talking about national security here. The Times talks about the plight of these people, how Trump denied them entrance by working out arrangements with both Guatemala and Mexico. That's the keep them in Mexico plan that I mentioned a few moments ago. I've spent a good time in Central America, as I said. These people, including in Guatemala and Honduras, we started and built a number of churches, 20-some, in Guatemala, out in villages and in the city, a dozen or so in Honduras. We've done this all over the world. I've been with these people. I didn't live there, but I would spend time with them. Sometimes, Sometimes I even stayed in remote villages. I stayed in their homes with dirt floors. But they're wonderful people. I love them. I still love them. My wife could tell you. I get emotional sometimes when I think about the people I've known in these adverse circumstances, especially the Christians. I love them because they're one of us. They love the Lord with all their heart, and yet they live so close to the earth that many Americans can't even imagine. So, yes, there is an appeal to just tear down the borders of America, bring them in. Criminals and all, diseased, Christians, criminals, whatever. But if Biden and his far-left radical administration are successful in essentially eliminating our borders, there will be no America to come to, and that's the whole issue. And to whom much is given, much is required, and God has given us much in this country, more than we realize. The Times claims that this is a test, I'm quoting the New York Times, about this issue a test of the regional resolve to control migration. Well, it's much more than that. This is a test to see if America can survive Joe Biden, excuse me, and survive his pen and the radical group that he's gathered around himself in this administration. People close to Biden and his agenda say, with, quote, 
With the stroke of a pen, President Biden made this country less safe. It's pure politics over public safety. These are people working in the government. After Biden's executive orders were issued, President Trump or the Trump administration officials said that the border wall was necessary to reduce illegal immigration. The numbers. Although Biden quoted people on the border in his administration, they said, yeah, the border people told us the wall was unnecessary, that it doesn't work. But Mark Morgan, who is has been, he's now former with this new administration. He doesn't work for them. He's the Customs and Border Protection Commissioner. He said, look, I know what our team told the transition team. I know the facts and data and analysis that was provided. I know what they told them and gave them that showed that the wall is working. Morgan said he believes that the current administration didn't even speak to the experts on the Border Patrol. And he's down there in charge, or he was. He said he noticed the unfortunate Biden executive orders ending the Migrant Protection Protocol, MPP, it's known as the Remain in Mexico program. He said, so this is a test of integrity as well. He said, I don't think they talked to anybody down here. They just made it up and told the world that, oh, what Trump's doing isn't working. We don't need border wall and so on. Are they willing to lie like that? I'm not saying Joe Biden, but his people. Are they willing to lie like that to achieve globalism? Yes, they are. As I said, the Rasmussen survey was out yesterday, two to one margin. Voters want the migrant caravan stopped at the border. 60% disagree with this. How did he get so many votes? Well, that's another issue, isn't it? Jeb Bush, who was wanting to be president, back in 2014, he said that illegal immigration is, I'm quoting him, quote, an act of love. Tear down the borders is an act of love. Kind of like Jenny Durkin, the mayor of Seattle, said of CHOP that became Chaz on Capitol Hill. Summer of love. That was Jeb Bush. But that's reflecting the leftist view of Scripture in regards to immigration. I've written an article on this, and I've written from a biblical perspective today. And I would encourage you to read that. I've written a number of articles. They're all on our website. You can search and find them at faithandfreedom.us. And I would encourage you to go there and check this out, because the Bible doesn't say what the left is saying that it says about illegal immigration, borders, and national sovereignty. And this article that I wrote today is about that. It's only a part of what I have to say about it, but it is a part of that. And it's how the left twists Scripture to support their view, as opposed to allowing their view to be developed by Scripture. That's the difference between a secular worldview, a secular progressive worldview, and a biblical worldview. And that's why I was reading from Psalms a moment ago, a few moments ago, about the fact that the the Word of God is the lamp to our feet. It is the light to our way. And if we look at the world through the biblical perspective, then we're not twisting Scripture to support our view. Our view is based and birthed out of the truth of God's Word. I'm out of time, but I must say thank you. 
for all of you who support this ministry. It is absolutely essential to keep us on the air. So thank you so much. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. I'll see you tomorrow, right here.